want to share a couple of scriptures with you this morning in preparation for our time at the Lord's table. To begin, Jeremiah 31, 1 and 3. Jeremiah writes these words. At that time, declares the Lord, I will be the God of all the families of Israel, and they will be my people. The Lord appeared to us in the past, saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you to me with unfailing kindness. And then this verse from the New Testament, which you may well recognize, Romans 5, 8. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, as we get ready to celebrate Holy Communion together this morning, I want to share with you the first in a series of sermons inspired by a book that really caused me to think intentionally about what I believe and about my life in Christ. The book is by Craig Groeschel, and it's called The Christian Atheist. The Christian Atheist, does that mess with you a little bit? Um, it kind of sounds like an oxymoron to me, like something that couldn't or shouldn't really exist, and a name that makes no sense, The Christian Atheist. But as we go through this series, you'll see the possibility of being a committed Christian but still struggling with belief, wrestling with our faith, maybe in one particular area of life at a given time in our life. Each week, we'll begin with a statement of, you believe in God, but... And there will be several of those statements that will finish that out. This morning, you believe in God, but aren't sure He loves you. Now, I know some of you are thinking, no, that's not even possible. God loves everybody. Absolutely. But I'm willing to bet that somewhere there are some people who are thinking, yeah, but you don't know the real me. Or maybe some of you are thinking, yeah, I felt like that before. I'm not really sure that God could love me, at least right now. Or God loves most people, but that can include me, at least not during this point in my life. Even faithful followers of Christ can have those moments where we might think, how could God love me when I just... And you fill in the blank with whatever may have recently created a barrier between us and God in some way. How could God love me after what I just did? How could God possibly love me when I am so fill in the blank again? This message is just a simple reminder. God does love you. All of us. God loves you. Because that's what God does. Why would we ever question whether or not our loving Heavenly Father would love us? Well, there could be several reasons that might make us doubt or question God's love. Multiple causes for us feeling like we're not lovable, 
Not really. Even sometimes not lovable in God's eyes. It could be anything from we don't feel good enough or nice enough. We don't, where we feel unworthy for any number of reasons, we feel sinful, maybe even habitually sinful. In any of those cases and others you might add to the list, understand we wouldn't be alone in feeling unworthy, unready, undeserving, unprepared. Think quickly with me about some of the, the lives and stories we've heard in Scripture in the past. Moses said to God, who am I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Moses felt unprepared and unworthy. I've been there. How about you? In reflecting on the goodness and generosity of God, King David said, but who am I, God? And who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? He felt like he and the nation of Israel were undeserving of God's blessing. Been there. Gideon's response to God's call on his life was, um, Pardon me, my Lord, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and my family and I am least in my family he felt like he wasn't good enough not qualified ever been there the apostle Paul not only felt like he was the least of the apostles he also made this statement Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst the worst he felt like his life before Christ was completely shameful and unlovable. It's possible. It's possible that any of us could struggle in ways similar to these people we read about in Scripture. We also might struggle with a simple sense of insignificance. The feeling that we just don't matter much in the light of everything that's going on in the world around us. <coughs> Excuse me. I mean, it would be so easy right now to think, mercy, with the pandemic stuff going on, with, with poverty, with hatred, with killing, with uncertainty in various parts of the world, with natural disasters here and there, and all the things going on, how could God possibly have time to care about me, much less really love me it's similar to the feelings we hear expressed in psalm 8 when i look up at your skies at what your fingers made the moon and the stars that you set firmly in place what are we as human beings that you think about them what are human beings that you pay attention to them translation God you're amazing we're so insignificant God with all of that stuff that's so much bigger and more important than me that you have to deal with how can you possibly have time to love me how can you even care about the piddly little details of my life 
How can you love me when there's so much more for you to do, God? You have way bigger things to take care of than loving me. How can you love me when the world is full of people who are so much more deserving of your love than I am? Why do you love us, God? Often, it's not even that we don't think God could love us. It's a great concept, and, and we embrace it, at least intellectually. But we often have trouble taking what's a nice concept in our head and moving it to an experience of the heart. God loving us individually to the depths of our heart. You see, at some point, we have to arrive at the understanding of this truth. Love is not something that God just does. Love is who God is. Love is who God is. 1 John 4, 8 says it so simply. God is love. And because... love is who God is God loves you not God loves you if you do this or God loves you because you do this or God loves you because you didn't do these things or if you don't do these things but simply God loves you period and there's nothing you can do to change or negate that in any way. Hear again the words of the scripture that we heard earlier. The Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you to me with unfailing kindness. An everlasting love. Not a conditional love or love limited by time or performance. An everlasting love. I've not yet seen anything that made me think that's changed since that truth was written in Jeremiah's words. God has loved you with an everlasting love. And then again, the words of one of the most powerful verses in Scripture from Romans 5, 8. God demonstrates His love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Not once we quit being sinners and get our act together that God loves us. Not once we prove we're worth loving that God loves us. Not once we show we're deserving of loving. But while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God shows His love in that way. It's a mind-boggling concept. That God doesn't require us to meet certain standards, certain specifications before God's willing to love us. I mean, we have examples of that in our own lives, that it's not about that. I mean, to a much, much greater degree, God's love for us is far beyond, but a little like 
the love of an earthly parent for their children. When that parent is emotionally and spiritually healthy, that is, I know that's not always the case. But as earthly parents, healthy earthly parents, you know that love for children is not love if or love because. It's not based on children living a perfect life. Even the best children have done stupid things. I mean, we were all there at one point or another, right? We know. We've done stupid, childlike things. Some of us grow out of that. Others, we'll see. But even the best children have done things that make you go, oh, how could you possibly? They all behave selfishly on occasion. They've all done things that wouldn't be in line with their parents' will and their desire for their best. But emotionally and spiritually healthy, earthly parents love their children with all their heart. Simply because this is my child. Our Heavenly Father loves us simply because you are His child. We are His children. Regardless of past or present behaviors and attitudes, regardless of past or present failures, regardless of past or present neglect and even outright rejection of God, God loves us because we are His children. Sometimes we all need to be reminded that we are truly loved, fully loved, unconditionally loved, by the God of the universe. The God who said, I have loved you with an everlasting love. The God who loved the world so much he gave his only son. The God who is love. This morning, we're going to celebrate in a couple of minutes that everlasting love as we participate in Holy Communion. The sacred reminder that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That was and is how God demonstrates love for us. And in this sacred celebration, there is a celebrating and a fresh experiencing of that love in the presence of the living Christ a physical representation of a powerful spiritual truth, sacred moments in which we can experience the very real presence and unconditional love of God for the children of God.